And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mock & Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mock & Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and protecting the rights of the broken and religiously oppressed. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Good afternoon. This is Noel Starrett with Lawyers for Jesus. I'm an attorney at Mauk & Baker a Law Firm in Chicago. Yes, we're all Christian lawyers. Uh, it's not an oxymoron. We're all attorneys uh, serving Jesus in the law. Uh, we do a lot of different things. So if there are legal needs that you have, just give us a call. If we can't help you, we probably know a, a godly man or woman who can help you uh, with your needs. Uh, we do everything from zoning to estate planning non-for-profit ministration, but, and we do a lot of work for churches and ministries and helping them uh, do their bylaws, everything that would happen to a church uh, we've seen, and uh, so we'd love to help you with that. Uh, we also do a, a lot of uh, civil liberties work, protecting churches in the zoning context uh, with uh, street preachers, uh, protecting the right to proclaim the gospel in the Chicagoland area and across the country. Uh, you can find out more about us at our website, www.maukbaker.com, M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. And if you can't spell all of that, just Google us and you'll probably get close enough to find us. Or you can call us 312-726-1243. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter as well. Uh, I know my Twitter feed is uh, b- just ballooning with all this political stuff. But today I don't want to talk politics. In fact, maybe there's kind of a political side to this, but I want to talk to you, uh, um, introduce my friend, my mentor, and my law partner, John Mauck. Uh, I want John to talk to you about his book, Paul on Trial, A Defense of Christianity. John, good to have you with us. Good to be here with you, Noel. So um, I know the story because I work with you, and I've uh, led people through this uh, study, uh, through your book, Paul on Trial, which, by the way, has sold over 15,000 copies. Uh, and was semi-finalist for uh, Evangelical Book of the Year uh, when it came out. Um, why or how, first of all, did a lawyer um, like yourself um, come about writing a book about the Apostle Paul? Well, you, you really can't write about something till you read about it and you study it. And we've had the blessing at our firm of having a Bible study every Friday for over 35 years. And we, uh, in about the 15th year, maybe the 10th year, uh, started studying Acts, and we studied Acts a number of times. Uh, We were taught Acts through uh, a great Bible teacher, Jan Moskowitz, from Jews for Jesus. And the first time he taught Acts, he said it was a missionary book. The second time he taught Acts, he said it's about missionaries and the universality of the gospel. But you took a different tack. You, you say that the book of Acts is actually a legal brief. Well, that was the third time that he got through. It took him about 15 years to get to the Acts again. Okay. And he said, now this time it's about universality and a bunch of legal stuff. And when he said that, I and uh, quite a few other lawyers that attend the Bible study every Friday, and it's uh, still going on in the loop every Friday at noon, Our ears perked up because we saw all of these legal proceedings that were outlined in the book. And how did they fit in? What was the purpose of it? And and that's when we began to dig in and say, why was this book written? Okay. So we have uh, 
books about legal proceedings, but that's a different thing than a legal brief. You know, when I mean, we could talk uh, John Grisham and some of the b- law books about cases and harrowing stories and those types of things. But but you actually go further and you actually say Luke wrote the book of Acts or the two volume work of Luke and Acts as a legal brief. And maybe you want to go into that. What what are the best evidences that you have in your book that this was actually a legal brief that was submitted? Yeah, this is a somewhat of a detective story, but the clues are all there, and the evidence is all there in the text. First of all, the the book begins with a, a, a salutation to a high-ranking Roman official named Theophilus, and he's given the title Most Excellent. So he's not just some lover of God, but he's a Roman official, and he has this title that means he's high-ranking. That's where Luke begins. And the book ends with Paul in jail in Rome awaiting trial. So the first and most obvious presenting question is, does the way the book starts and the way it ends have anything to do with why it was written? And so we're talking here with John Mauck about his book, Paul on Trial, A Defense of Christianity. We're also talking about the two books of the Bible, Luke and Acts. John has posited in, in this book, and uh, I find this theory, um, your thesis, to be quite fascinating, that the two books, Luke and Acts, taken together, were written together by Luke in defense of Paul. As uh, John was just mentioning, Paul is awaiting trial at the end of Acts. And uh, obviously, there were legal proceedings as Paul was making his way through different trials. Uh, talk to us about some of those trials. W- you know, what were the charges? Yeah, well, first of all, I ask people who want to study Acts to take off your Christian glasses and don't view Acts as a Christian book to be read by a 21st century Christian, primarily. Fundamentally, you have to start at reading it as a first century reader. What did the original reader think, need to know, and what did it mean to him? And the, the reader we're talking about is the most excellent Theophilus, who's a high-ranking Roman official, right? Yes, okay. and, and, and not a Jew, not a follower of Jesus, but he's being, he's being instructed. And if you can re- read that way and know what the Roman law is, because this high-ranking official certainly knew Roman law inside out. And, of course, we don't. Uh, the book will, will help the reader understand that. If we uh, were to read something about uh, jury trials and uh, uh, not having to testify against yourself and things like that, Americans know a lot about American law. But we don't know anything about Roman law. If you, if you read Roman law and understand the other half of the book, what are the things that Theophilus knew, then you can put Acts together with the charges against him. And, and there were really two, two charges, although in the book there were probably 20 or 30 potential charges. But the two main ones were starting a new religion, Rome-regulated religion and did not allow new religions. They allowed Judaism, and they allowed a pantheistic emperor worship and brought all other religions under that umbrella. And as long as you held out the emperor as the number one god, that was okay. Well, 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 hold on. Uh, Starting a new religion, I think, uh, wouldn't we as Christians concede that Paul was starting a new religion, John? Uh, 
probably, but we'd be wrong. <laughs> his argument was, we are faithful Jews, and Judaism was legal. We believe in the God of Israel. We believe in the Hebrew scriptures. We believe in the Hebrew prophets. We believe in the promised Messiah. And we believe that promised Messiah came to us as Jesus, and that in those scriptures is promised that the Gentiles can join into Israel. And Paul talks about that actually in the book of Romans, that as Gentile followers of Jesus, we are grafted in to Israel. So they did not, uh, Luke and Paul, see themselves as starting a new religion. Their legal defense was, we are legal under Roman law, no new religion. Well, I think that's a, certainly a different way of looking at it, and I think that's uh, probably right. So, and that also explains why the book of Luke was written, because the book of Luke uh, charts how Jesus came to fulfill the prophecies, and, and I think that uh, that is a compelling uh, piece of evidence. When we come up back after the break, and I have a couple questions before the break, I want to talk to John about the so what's. So what? What if the book of Acts and the book of Luke were actually written by Luke, as a legal brief that was submitted to a high-ranking Roman official. What does that mean to us today? Why, why does that even matter? Is this just a historical fine point? Or what does this mean to the people out there that may be reading the book of Luke and Acts for the first time? Before we get to there, I want to talk to you, though. Um, give us some more of the evidence that you would submit to the court, for instance, to defend your thesis that these two books were written in defense of Paul and were submitted as a legal brief. Well, the scriptures that Luke chooses to quote in the book of Acts five separate times in the first 15 chapters of Acts relate the five times he relates, he picks scriptures that talk about the universality of the gospel that Gentiles will come to believe. And that is an argument that supports the, universality of the gospel argument that Judaism is made universal through Jesus to those who choose to follow. And I think that's probably why Paul ran into such trouble with some of the uh, the Jewish leaders, because they were denying those scriptures and positing that true Judaism does not make way for the Gentiles. And I think that's where you have uh, the, you know, the, the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15 and the, those types of questions. Uh, yeah, and, and one of the things we do, we reconstruct the arguments made against Paul by the traditional Jewish leadership, which was threatened by this Jesus movement because it was largely a Jewish movement to begin with and challenged their leadership. And then as Gentiles were, were added in, there was a great deal of jealousy um, generated uh, with traditional Jewish leaders, that all of these Gentiles were now following these Jewish followers of Jesus. Yeah, and I think uh, after the break, we're coming up to a break here, we're going to talk to John Mauck, author of Paul on Trial, A Defense of Christianity. Uh, Josh McDowell endorsed this book. It sold over 15,000 copies. A uh, fascinating book. I, I encourage you to pick it up. We're uh, going through it as as a law firm at Mauck & Baker. We're studying Paul on Trial anew. Um, tune in after the break. We're going to talk more to you about John uh, about the so what's of this. Um, Malk and Baker, Lawyers for Jesus, every 3 o'clock on Saturday.
Welcome back. This is Lawyers for Jesus. Every Saturday, 3 o'clock on WYLL, this is Lawyers for Jesus. We're attorneys with the law firm of Mauk and Baker, Chicago firm. You can reach us, 312-726-6454, or Google us. If you have legal needs and we can be of service, we'd be happy to help. We serve the people of God. We uh, ask the, the right questions, and if we can't help you, uh, we'd be happy to put you in touch with somebody that may be able to serve you in this area. I'm talking with my partner, my friend, and my mentor, John Mauck, uh, also the author of Paul on Trial. We've talked about his thesis. Um, he wrote a book, the argument being that the books of Luke and Acts were submitted to a high-ranking Roman official, most excellent Theophilus, as a legal defense of Paul, who at the end of Acts, as you may recall, is awaiting trial. His life is hanging in the balance, and here Luke is writing this to most excellent Theophilus. Why is he saying what he's saying? Why is he including what he's including? Uh, we asked some of those questions as the first part. Now I want to get to the so what. John, if you're right, and the books of Luke and Acts were written as a legal defense of Paul, a legal brief, if you will, what does that mean? So what? It means, it means a lot for those who want to know the truth, No. The accuracy of the Bible, the resurrection of Jesus is the key to our faith. Did he rise from the dead? There are witnesses, 500 according to Paul or more, and according to the book of Acts, there are 3,000 that believe that Jesus had risen from the dead, um, not 50 days after the resurrection. And these were faithful Jews who knew the scriptures and were in Jerusalem and who had the option of knowing uh, and the ability to find out, was there a body? And they, they knew there was no body. They saw the miracles and they believed. Now, is the book of Acts an accurate account? And my thesis says absolutely, much more accurate than we would have thought before because people have posited that Acts was a biography or it was a story or it was a letter written um, much later. But if it's a legal brief, first of all, it has to be dated early. Okay. That means it has to be dated around 62 AD when uh, most people who were living and witnesses to Jesus' resurrection, or many of them, would uh, still be around to contradict. It wasn't written in 70, 80, or 90, as others may have argued. And you can't pull any uh, fast ones on a judge. So if you're submitting this to most excellent Theophilus, and he is, as you say, a high-ranking high ranking Roman official, uh, that means Luke couldn't be fast and loose with the facts. And every time he identifies a witness... Uh, that witness's life may be on the line if he's found to have perjured himself. So um, I think that's that's one of the very helpful takeaways that I that I took from your book is the veracity of what Luke is saying is is critical. Well, well I go further than that. Okay. That Theophilus had the office of a cognitionibus, which is a Latin phrase that means chief investigator, and that was actually a cabinet level post for the emperor Nero. And the Roman emperors had professional investigators because the Roman emperors weren't just rulers. They were the chief judge. Supreme Court. They were the Supreme Court. And this was an important case. It, uh, the charges against Paul uh, echoed across the empire with charges that he had, had started riots in many Roman cities. And that really worried the Romans. They did not like 
riots and disorder. And it involved a fast-growing sect. It involved very influential accusers, the Jewish establishment. And it involved the questions of whether this was a new religion or not. So this went right to the top and was thoroughly investigated. And Theophilus, as a cognitionibus, had the ability and the experience in investigating charges. And the Romans were great record keepers. And I list in the book all kinds of written records that would have been available at the time. And the book was available to be challenged. That is, the brief would have been opened to the accusers. And who are the accusers in this case? Well, it would be the high priest and the Jewish establishment who were threatened by Paul and by the admission of Gentiles into the commonwealth of Israel, that these Gentiles were becoming followers of Jesus and part of Israel without being circumcised and without um, undertaking many of the other legal requirements to be a Jew. They They were joining in and being saved and praising God and having their lives transformed. And this really was uh, a threat to the establishment. So uh, just to recap from our first uh, segment, we talked about the two charges that were probably levied at Paul was the starting of a new religion, which John's book shows is uh, what Paul and Luke were saying they were not doing. We were not starting a new religion. We are just being true to the scriptures and the Messiah is here. And that is who we are true to. And the second charge was what, John? It was inciting unrest. It was... uh, Disturbing the order. Disturbing the peace, uh, creating riots, because riots followed uh, several times the preaching of Paul. However, the book of Acts goes into detail to show that Paul didn't start riots and that the riots were often instigated by those who didn't like his message. And so they didn't deny that the message disturbed people, but they said, we did not advocate violence and we did not instigate violence. And in fact, one in one instance where Paul is stoned, he doesn't even fight back. But the disciples pull him out and, and uh, he comes back. They thought he maybe even was dead, but... Uh, Yeah, and I think that's one of the, when you think about what's going on today, I mean, we have a movie right now, uh, Risen. Uh, It's a new movie that's coming out, and it talks about a Roman centurion who is confronted uh, with watching the crucifixion of Jesus, his burial, and then tasked with trying to figure out where did the body go. I mean, this this is today. This is recent. This is current. I think there's a, a growing interest in our society uh, about the veracity of these very real happenings. I think historically speaking, any historian worth his salt admits Jesus existed. And, uh, you know, the question of his resurrection is still a question, but he existed. Paul existed. How did they exist and what were their claims? And I think this is why I'm really fascinated uh, about your book and and why I encourage more people to read it. Yeah, exactly. And first of all, ask yourself, do I want to know the truth? And if the answer is yes, then this is a helpful way to examine the evidence. The scriptures themselves are the primary evidence, but 
uh, looking at them in context as they would have been understood by a first century Roman official and all the other things that were going on in Roman law in politics also makes this book very current because if we look at spins with politicians today, no, <laughs> we can see how people try to avoid the truth. And if we see how Luke cut through that and put his neck on the line, because another evidence of reliability is that this man risked his life to hang out with Paul, to stay with Paul. He was on with Paul throughout the shipwreck. And uh, in the book of, I think it's Colossians, Paul says, only Luke is with me. The others have left. And he's a faithful man who wasn't afraid to be identified with Paul, even as Paul was threatened with execution. And uh, if there is a patron saint of uh, Mauk and Baker, the law firm, I think uh, I would I would argue Luke would be the patron saint because he's a he's a faithful lawyer uh, who wanted to stick with his client. And when everybody else left him, when everybody else left Paul in in jail, there there Luke was um, arguing the case, trying to make a a case for truth. And so. Uh, maybe others would have, uh, you know, St. Paul, I don't know. but I, He's I, always I, been known as a physician. Yes. But you're, you're right. He makes a great lawyer, well, great I, legal argument. And I think I, I know some uh, physician lawyers too, and uh, so they're just the uh, <laughs> aggressive people, way more ambitious than I am if you're a doctor and lawyer together. So um, anything else you want to say about your book? Uh, the I mean, I, I've minded steps, and I enjoy it tremendously. I look forward to uh, hearing more about it. Uh, you can attend our Chicago Loop Group. If you're down in the loop and you want to go to our Bible study, it's every noon at uh, 1 North LaSalle, Suite 1700. Just stop by. Let us know. We can get you on our mailing list, too, and just let you know about our Bible studies or about our firm. Well, we're going to be online. Okay. And you can call. Uh, 312-853-8709, which is my direct line, or you can call 312-726-1243 and talk to Andrew Willis. He's going to be posting the Bible studies on the Book of Acts um, online, and you go to our website, mountbaker.com, and you can uh, join us and send us your questions, too. Yeah, and if you want to, you can always find John's book. It's on Amazon, Paul on Trial, A Defense of Christianity. I would encourage you to do so. Um, and I would also encourage you to go see the new movie, Risen. I look forward to doing it with WYLL uh, next Saturday, or next Thursday, actually. Um, and I would encourage anybody to get out there. These are the, the types of uh, opportunities you have to invite neighbors uh, into that, that may never want to come into a church. They may not even want to read the Bible. Um, but if you can take them to these movies uh, where you're putting the claims of Scripture in, in a context in which they have to ask the same questions, who is Jesus? We know he was there. What did he do? Who is Paul? What did he do? What was he about? Uh, those are the claims that uh, wrestled with in this movie, in John's book, in the Bible. Tune in next time for Lawyers for Jesus every 3 o'clock to 3.30 Saturday. These are Lawyers for Jesus Law from Malkin Baker. 